Hey, this is Joseph Massonary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. For many of us, this is our first Sunday back, so welcome, welcome. We are glad you're here, and and just as you saw and as Jen spoke about, we are kicking off in our Foursquare family 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it might be a little bit more casual than than we did it last year, but we just want to invite you that um, there are churches, literally thousands of churches all around the globe that will be starting this tomorrow, and you can do this with us as involved as you want to be. Uh, that you, you, it's, it's a wonderful thing to jump into. There are some resources on our website. There's some resources uh, on uh, some church emails we've sent out. Uh, there's even 21 days of prayer for your kids that you can download with wonderful things to color and different things happening. So it is good to be back in church. Do you agree? Can you turn to someone and say, man, it's good to be in church. It's good to be in church. Happy New Year. Happy, well, I guess it's the second Sunday of the New Year, but we're going to start things off, I think. This is not going to be a, a New Year's resolution type series or message, but it's going, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful things we can do and practice as Jesus followers, and that is, we're going we're to talk about for a few weeks the importance of prayer. What is prayer? Why is prayer important? Why do we, why do we bother to, to do it? And, and, and really what we believe, if, if, you, if you believe God's word, we believe that the Bible says that prayer is a divine method that we can use to access the heavenlies. It's a divine way that we can, we can bring heaven to intervene. Would you write this down? Prayer is about inviting heaven to intervene on earth. Think about that. Right? It's not just sometimes, uh, and we're going to talk about some, some methods, some habits, some ways that I, I've prayed in the past, and sometimes I still even pray today, but we often make mistakes when we pray, and, and some of us, we could, I was at a, a conference with our president, uh, Randy Remington in Foursquare, and he said one of the hardest things to do, he pastored a really large church in, in Oregon, and uh, like thousands and thousands of people, and he said we could have a worship night. We could have a men's conference, a women's conference, and thousands of people show up. But he says, if we have a prayer night, it's crickets, right? And and how many of us would agree? Sometimes there's an awkwardness that we feel when we talk about prayer. And you know, one of the reasons why is is it's straight up an an intimacy issue with our God. But sometimes uh, there's some mistakes that we make when we pray. Do you know that? So y'all are looking at me like I have no idea what you're talking about. How many of us can honestly say, yeah, there's probably, I've probably prayed. There's some, some things that I feel, some things that I think about. Um, and I think even one mistake we can make is oftentimes we make the subject of our prayers about our favorite subject, which is often us. Right? Oftentimes that's kind of what we tend to pray about the most. It's like we desire to see God operate uh, and, and do the miraculous and, and we, uh, we desire to see him move in power and authority, and yet oftentimes we, we fail to do the simplest thing. We fail to plug into the most important resource we have in our connection with God, and that is prayer. God is, I think all throughout creation, we see when it comes to creation, when it comes to family, 
when it comes to the way we are instructed to live our lives. God is a God of order, and he's a God of, of, of systems and organization. And, and, and I believe this, he's established prayer to be the primary means of bringing heaven to earth. I know we already, we already wrote that down, but here's a question for you. And uh, is it okay if we're a little honest in church today? How many of you would say, here's a, here's a quick question, let's just raise our hands because mine's going to go up. Uh, but how many of us would totally be honest today and, and say, I absolutely, absolutely believe in the power of prayer, um, yet I probably don't pray as much as I should? I would think probably 100% of us would feel that and echo that statement, right? I, I totally believe in the power of prayer. I've seen it. God, I've seen you move. I love that one song. I've seen you move the mountains, right? I know you'll do it again, but I often fail to do it. And I think it's an interesting dynamic. Why is that? Why is that? We, we know we have a good God who desires, like dads, grandpas in the house, moms, grandmas in the house, right? We desire to grant our kids, our grandkids, blessings, don't we? Right? Do we want to see them running around like shoeless? Right? We were watching that movie, The Greatest Showman, last night, and one of my kids asked, why does that little boy have a hole in his shoes, right? Like, as parents, we desire, as best we can, to care for our kids. That was a good chance to say amen, folks. You're like, eh, they're pretty spoiled. Let them be. No Chris, right? We just had Christmas. They're fine. Um, but you know what? Oftentimes, we know God desires to bless his children, but we, we often just fail to get into the practice, or we, we fail to talk to God in a fashion, in a manner that we know we should. And I think there's probably a few different reasons why. Uh, do you have any notes this morning? Is anybody here taking notes the real way with a pen and paper? Bust them out. Is anybody taking notes the, the thumb way, the digital way? Would you break out your notes? And we do have some sermon notes available in our app section. Go to um, media and jump into our sermon notes. But I'm going to invite you to start using your thumbs or start using your, your pen and paper, would you write a few reasons down why you think it's difficult, possibly, why we find it difficult to pray? All right? Is that being too honest in church? Is that all right? Because I think we all sometimes, we said we need to pray more. Everybody pretty much raised their hand. But here's some th reasons that I find it difficult, distracting, um, just interesting things that I've noticed as a kid growing up in church but here's some that I've dealt with, dealing with currently, or have gone through over the years. But here are some reasons that I find it difficult to pray. Are you ready? And if you agree with any of these, just write them down yourself. And if you came up with something different, would you write it down in your notes? But here's one that I remember feeling this way a lot as a youngster. I, I would lack confidence. Anybody here agree with that? Sometimes um, I, I would lack confidence. I, I constantly, I would compare my prayers to that smart kid in the class or that 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 goody good kid in, in youth group right and I would feel like man am I praying wrong anybody ever felt that like God I I just don't I, I know I should talk to you but I don't really know how to do it you just don't know how uh here, here's one and, and maybe I'd like you to stay seated in church please don't leave on us today but I've found times where has anybody felt like this and and please don't throw a bible at me it's just sometimes let's be you feel like prayer can be a little boring Oh, people are like, oh, right? I remember sometimes as a kid, I, prayer was like a good sleep aid. Be like, God, thank you, and then you, before you know, and then and you think about it, like, as I get older, like, I'm communicating to the creator of the universe, 
and yet I do it at night when I'm not a night person, and I'm falling asleep, and before you know it, it's like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Right? Has anybody here ever found prayer, right? At sometimes, I think this goes to the next one. Sometimes, uh, if you're like me, I found it difficult. Well, I find it difficult all the time. Sometimes my girls or my wife, they'll say something to me, and then, then they'll catch me, and they'll be saying, like, honey, dad, did you even hear me? Any, any dads in the house guilty of that, right? Uh, I, I sometimes find it difficult when I pray to focus, right? To focus on what uh, it, it's like you're, you're praying, you're praying, and then all of a sudden just a distraction goes right into your mind, right? Or, or you're praying, you're praying, and you just have an urge to pick up your phone for some knucklehead reason, right? Um, here, here's another thing, and I, I, never, I never really liked this. Um, I wrote this down. I remember a time where prayer felt very awkward to do it publicly. Does anybody here relate to that? What are some reasons, folks, right? Are you guys writing anything down? Or are you just listening to my, bad, my, my list? Because my list is bad. I mean, maybe it's bad enough for you. are like, no, yours is good. Yours is good. You don't need to write anything down. You, you, you need prayer. We're going to pray for you right now, dude. Uh, but right, uh, I, I think sometimes it's awkward to pray in front of people. Um, and we do this. We pray every, every Sunday morning with our worship team. But I'll be honest, too, and, and I'm a weirdo. I'm not... Here, here's one reason I think prayer can get awkward. The hand-holding. Thank you, right? Some of us agree. Like, who's, like the hand-holding, right? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, like, holding hands as we pray. I'm good for the shoulder. You know, I know where to touch and agree and lay hands, right? I'm good to, like, lay hands on the sick, but, like, the hand-holding... And maybe it's like this guy code in me because you'll, you'll shake hands with like Monty the Mason and he's got this, he's got a, a real man's hand, right? And I got like these little like soft hands, right? Sometimes you, you pray with someone and like you'll find a guy that he has to like prove how manly he is by how hard he's going to squeeze your hand, right? Anybody ever relate to that? Like public prayer, sometimes it's like, I don't want to pray, I don't want to squeeze that person's hand, Right? Or somebody, every time they get excited, we thank you, Jesus, and then they just squeeze, and you're like, ow, ow, stop, stop it. And then, like, there's all different ways growing up in church that we would hold hands. I mean, in youth group, you know, if you, if you find yourself, I don't mind praying if I'm standing next to my wife in church service. I'll hold her hand any day. That'd be sweet, right? But sometimes, you can hold, you can hold the hand of a, a guy or girl next to you, and then, have you ever done this, where you, you pray and you hold someone's hand? And they just, like, don't, like, there's nothing there. It's like a dead fish squeeze, right? Like, you're holding hands, and, and it's like this, like, they're just, like, gone, it's like they've gone limp. And you're praying, and you're like, dude, just squeeze my hand. Like, I'm not trying to over-squeeze it, right? There's, there's, um, and then, and here we go. And I promise, we're not going to close, let's, let's do this. If we close in prayer today, I promise I won't say let's all hold hands at the end of service. I promise we won't do that. Um, but here you go. How many of you, when you hold hands in like a prayer circle or at dinner or at the dinner table or with family, are you the uh, over or are you the under? Who, how many of you are the under? I, I, if somebody makes me go over, I don't, it's like my shoulders don't go that way, right? Um, and so it's just awkward. It's like, why do we have to hold hands? Uh, and then there's this, and we're going to Look, at, we're going to get into scripture, I promise, right? But how many of you ever prayed with someone who it, it just intimidates you a little bit to pray with them? 
it's like they are a walking, talking scripture memory verse. And it's like they call down scripture every, in the middle of their prayer, they're like, God, we know that you said in Ephesians 2.10 that we are God's workmanship and we are committed, we are, we are crafted to do good works, good works for you. And then and you're like praying next to them and you're like, God, just answer their prayer because it's better than mine. <laughs> right? Right? Like, that, like people that pray like that, it's like they pray to show you how much scripture they know. And if that's you, I'm sorry, right? I'm kind of joking, but we can have fun and tease each other in church, can't we? Sometimes. There is some truth to that, right? It's like, I'm going to show everybody how good, how, how well I know Scripture, and I'm just going to quote it over and over through the prayer, right? Um, and so I think for some of us, prayer becomes this thing where we, we just look at it like, man, I, I'm not, I don't know as much Scripture as that, that lady or that guy. I don't, I don't know how to pray like them. And, and so sometimes we, we tend to not jump into it the way we, we should. And so as we get into God's word, you have a Bible today, Ephesians chapter 3. Would you turn there? Ephesians chapter 3. And this is going to be our core verse that we, we're going to return to this over and over today, verse 12 through 21. So if you have some notes, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12 through 21. Oftentimes, we go through seasons where we feel like whether it's praying out loud, praying in front of family, praying in front of an audience, praying in our prayer closet or our room, however it is, we have reasons why we get uncomfortable or why we tend to not do it. Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, we find one of the greatest models of prayer in all of Scripture. And so that's where we're going to, going to begin this series today. Are you ready for it? Here we go. Let's read together verse 12. How many of you are ready to get into God's Word? Come on. Come on, we, got, we only got like 25 minutes left. How many of you are ready to get into God's Word? All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, because of Christ. Here's the reason. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. All right, I mean, we could just end church and go home and hit lunch right now, right? Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence presence and he says in verse 13 as he's writing this letter so don't lose heart for me because of my tribal trials i'm suffering for you so you should feel honored paul enters into a, a, a posture when he he through his writing he enters into a a a humble posture of prayer and he says this i think this is one reason when we find ourselves distracted when we find ourselves discouraged when we find ourselves wanting to do anything but to pray. I think many of us have been through those seasons where we want to do anything but to pray. Paul says this, don't lose heart. Why? Because of Jesus. Don't lose heart because of what he did for us. He brings it back. He says, don't lose heart. If, if I was going to, uh, what does that mean as we stop right there? And we'll pick this right back up in the next verse. I would say that this idea, don't lose heart. If I'm looking, I'd say, man, Joe, don't get discouraged. Like we say, don't lose heart. That sounds good, like writing it down. But if we're going to put that in today's term. Like, don't, don't get discouraged. And when you get discouraged because of Jesus, talk to him. Tell him about why you're discouraged. But Paul would say, don't lose heart. Come boldly. Come confidently into God's presence. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel, Right? What does it look like for a person that has lost heart? I would say 
this desire to quit, this desire to throw in the towel on your faith, on your relationship with the Lord, losing heart. It, it looks like living in not a temporary state, but I think like a constant state of depression. Not moments of sadness, not moments of depression, but a constant state of depression. I think that's what losing heart looks like. A, a person who turns to an artificial means of, of satisfaction, an artificial means of surviving, turning to constantly turning to drugs, constantly turning to alcohol, constantly turning to, to sexual addiction. There's, there's something deeper going on in the heart. That's what a, 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 when we lose heart, that's what that tends to look like. That's what comes out. The root, I believe, of any addiction, it starts in the heart. There's something going on inside the, the, the addiction, the habit, whatever it is, it is it's just the, the symptom of whatever is going on spiritually. And there's so many other ways to lose heart, but really I believe this scripture, I want to talk about just discouragement today. Um, because so many of us, we can just become addicted to discouragement. Addicted to, is the glass half full, half empty? Some of us, it's half full, there's, it's half whatever, but we don't even see, like, there's just nothing in the glass because everything just annoys us. Everything drives us crazy. We become addicted to discouragement. And I believe that's what Scripture is talking about when it says, don't lose heart. Let's pick it up in verse 14. When I think of all this, and here's his sense of humbleness, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. This is Paul's prayer, Paul's recipe for spiritual growth, Paul's recipe for when we get depressed, when we have moments of sadness, when we want to throw in the towel, when we want to quit, here's Paul's recipe. I think of all this, I'm going to fall to my knees, I'm going to talk to my father about it. I'm going to fall to my knees. I'm going to be real. I'm going to talk because he's the creator of the heavens and the earth, and I have access to speak to him. There's a couple things I want to just point out today that I think, as much as I, I was joking around about why sometimes prayer can be awkward, here, here are some things I think we can work on to make us more successful, but make us walk in a deeper relationship with God, but more importantly, accessing God's power. Praying with power, praying prayers that are bold, praying prayers that, that move God to action. And there's, there's one way I think we can do it. We see this from Daniel, we see this from Jesus, we see this in Scripture. Number one, would you write this down? Pray privately and passionately. Pray privately and passionately. If we want heaven's power when we pray, first thing we can do is pray privately and pray passionately. We have to cultivate a, a habit of spiritual intimacy. Being intimate with our God, right? Sometimes it's like, man, we, are, we become just so excellent at praying in public that we forget that that really doesn't impress God all that much. It didn't impress Jesus, right, when he was walking. We'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Jesus, you know this, was often seen. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 18 says this, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 35 it says before daybreak that's early before daybreak the next morning Jesus got up went out to an isolated place finish that one off to do what to pray Jesus was often seen going out by himself to pray why is that 
Why is that? I believe it's because any good relationship needs, ta- needs healthy time alone. Any good relationship needs uninterrupted one-on-one time together, one-on-one conversations with your spouse, right? There, there's an added depth to any relationship when it's not just done on the fly, when it's pre-planned, when it is sought out, when you work towards it, when you put it in your calendar and plan it. Verse 16, I pray that from his glorious, I mean, this is pretty good stuff here, his glorious unlimited, look at that, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Look at this, he has glorious unlimited resources, I I would just like circle all of these to do what? Why, why does he have unlimited resources? To just show off in the heavens? No, it says, I have unlimited resources to empower you. Me? Like, I have unlimited resources if you would just access them through my spirit. Hello, like, my goodness. We could just write that down. I wonder this, and, and it is important. Um, my daughters usually always ask me, if I forget, Daddy, will you pray? Right, and sometimes dad forgets, and my, and my second one, my third one, my, my first, they're all three good at reminding me, daddy, you didn't do it yet, you didn't pray tonight, will you pray? But think about this in our prayer life, as we do it privately and passionately, I wonder sometimes, and maybe like as we talk about prayer, does God ever get frustrated with our lack of faith on display in our prayers? Think about that for a moment. Does he ever get like, frustrated i mean we're humans trying to understand an a finite god right but like if i'm trying to understand if if i'm all powerful i'm like sometimes i'm sitting here going like does god ever get just kind of bored with our simple simple prayers right and what i mean like what's your prayer life thank you god for this food right we do this in school god god is so great thank you for this plate nobody's done that one right um, I love, we, you know, we always throw this one out for missions. God, we pray for traveling mercies. Traveling mercies is a big one, even though God's word says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. Like, he's like, I already addressed that. Why are you praying for traveling mercies? Give me something good. <laughs> Give me something I could like, sh- I want to show off a little bit, right? Sometimes I wonder if God looks at us like we're just his cute kids, right? But like, man, <laughs> would you got, would you like, Stop coming to me with such simple prayers. Come to me with some faith. I want to just show you. Let's read that again. That is what I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Let me just show you how unlimited my resources are. I believe that's what God's word is telling us today. I think that's what God's word wants to speak to us in this, this, this new year, right? Let me show you how unlimited my resources are when I answer this prayer, right? But so often I think I, I come to God sometimes like, God bless my daughters with a good night's sleep. And that's good. Don't get me wrong. They're young and, and all those different things. But it, it, it's like I wonder sometimes if God is like, man, I, I will and I can do so much more if you just ask. If you just ask, if you just are passionate, if you're just specific with your prayers. How many of you have ever prayed something so radical where you just knew the only reason that happened is because you boldly approached the throne room of God with that prayer? 
And I think that is what God desires us to see. As we walk into spiritual, if you've never seen that, like maybe that could be something you pray for in 2023. God, help me pray for something that requires so much faith that the only way that it happens is because of you. You became so real to me because there is no other way to explain it other than I saw God do it. And it'll build your faith. It'll build your faith when you see God do it. And people won't understand if they don't believe in Jesus, but you do. And your faith gets stronger and stronger. Number two, how can we pray with power? How can we strengthen our prayer life? Number two, write this down. Pray regularly, not ritually. Think about that for a minute. Pray regularly, not ritually. Verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I I love that verse. His home made in our hearts. Would you underline that? Would you circle that? Like, I enjoy being home. Does anybody here enjoy being home? Like, you're, I mean, sometimes I think, sometimes you work at a church and people think you're out, like, to dinner with people every night. I enjoy, like, New Year's Eve with two daughters on my arms and just all alone us five watching Pirates of the Caribbean, not out doing crazy stuff. Like, that's cool. That's, that's okay with me. Um, his home, he desires for our, his home to be in our hearts. And oftentimes we, we view it like, okay, and, and there's nothing wrong with, I mean, it's probably a very good thing, but if, if anything becomes just a habit that we do, um, I think God is looking for, like, I think of a home life. Like, if I enjoy being married to my wife, if I enjoy, if you enjoy being married to your spouse, and I think about this in our, like comparing the intimacy with God with your partner, right? If I talk to my wife 10 minutes every morning at 7 a.m., and then my attitude is like, you know what, I got that out of the way, I don't need to talk to her again until tomorrow at 7 a.m. How many of you know, like, that would be a very, like, that, oh, my goodness, that would not be a healthy relationship. Right? How many of you know, like, if, that was, if that's the way my heart felt, like, first, like, throw some cold water at that man, smack him, right? Somebody could say amen, right? But that is not the way I feel when it comes to communication with my bride, right? And I think sometimes our prayer life could, with God can just be like this. It's like this all-day, ongoing conversation, right? I think of that sometimes with my wife. Sometimes Sometimes we text a bunch during a day. Sometimes we don't text as much. But it's like this ongoing text thread of communication where we just keep communicating to each other. And I think that's how God desires our prayer life to be. Just this this ongoing, organic, natural relationship that you just enjoy talking to each other. It doesn't have to be about anything that important. And sometimes it does need to be about things that are important. But it's this ongoing relationship of communication. Let's finish the rest of this verse. Christ wants to make his home in our hearts. I got a little off track there. So if we trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love. Oh my gosh. And keep you what? Keep you strong. If we don't want to be discouraged, this is what we need to do. Let his home be in our hearts and his roots will grow down into God's love, keeping you strong. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. I, I think like during our day, does anybody do this? I do this sometimes. I'll come out in the sanctuary and I'll vacuum or I'll do different things. And 
Sometimes I just like to kind of walk around or put a headphone in and just, just kind of run my thoughts by the Holy Spirit. Like people don't really think, like sometimes I'm just alone, you're just, your eyes are open, you're walking, whatever, but you're just kind of constantly just kind of in communication. Like, God, what, what do you want me to do about this? God, how do you want me to handle this situation, this person, this thing? Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Notice, church, it doesn't say pray in the Spirit at all times and pray on some occasions. He says, talk to me all the time. Talk to me all the time. Pray on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And I say like this, prayer is just part of this like loving relationship. It should never feel like a ritual. Jesus made prayer a regular part of his day. We say like this, I think it was, it was the power source for his ministry. Think of the disciples for a minute. Did they ever ask Jesus, Jesus teaches to heal people? Jesus teaches to be good preachers? Did they ever say, Jesus help us to, to play music better? Right? What did the disciples ask him? If you remember, right? They said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? I find that truth amazing. They, they could have asked him for anything. Jesus, I need you to teach me to pray is what, is what the disciples asked. May you experience the love of Christ, verse 19. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Amen to that, right? It, I mean, we experience, we're trying to, we're working out our faith, but it's so great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from who? God. Start praying, church, privately. You don't, need, you don't need anybody in the room. Passionately, regularly, not ritually. And I'm telling you, it's, it's January 8th. You will see God grow your faith more and more as you experience the love of Christ. And here's the reason. Because the Bible says we have the power of Christ risen. Where? If we have the power of Christ risen, he's at home in our hearts. We have the power of Christ risen in us, dwelling in us. And God says this, all things are possible, not because of you, not because of your performance, not because you deserve it. All things are possible with me, and I am with you. Somebody say amen to that, right? Number three, this is our final one today, and we're going to watch a... Um, a little video. Danette, you can come up after the video, actually. Uh, we have it coming up. That was a good time. Uh, number three, pray genuinely, not generally. I think that's what God desires when we pray. Pray with a genuine heart attitude, not just general stuff, right? I think it's important to know, like, we can pray in any posture, we can pray at any time of day, we can pray in whatever fashion makes us feel comfortable. Some of you are like, man, my best prayer time is right before bed. And that's awesome. I'm just like, was being honest earlier, like sometimes I just find it hard to stay awake, right? But man, you can pray standing up, you can pray sitting down, you can pray kneeling, you could pray driving. I hope if you do that, you keep your eyes open, right? Um, but I think the biggest thing, and this is what Jesus addressed, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And I think what Jesus wants from us, what God wants from, from us, 
is genuine prayers, not prayers to impress people. And I know I joked about like memorizing scripture, and I don't know people's heart. I, I just sometimes, I just observe things growing up in church that make me laugh sometimes. Anybody agree with that, right? We're funny creatures, we're people, you know. Um, but I think it's this, don't try to impress others with our prayers. Jesus taught we shouldn't try to impress others, and really, we shouldn't try to impress God with our prayers. God's like, man, I made the universe. I love you, but I know everything about you, right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus said, this is important. How many of you know if Jesus said it, we should probably dial in, right? When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue. So we could say, People, they love to pray standing in the churches, and they love to pray on the street corners to be seen by others. But Jesus says this, but when you pray, go into your room. You don't even say that. Go one step further. Don't even just go into your room. He, he's very specific. Close the door. Close the door. And pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans. <laughs> do not keep babbling. I love this, right? For they think they will be heard because of their many words. I love Jesus some, well, all the time, but I love sometimes the things he says, right? Yeah, sometimes, oh, that doesn't sound good. God desires our prayers to be genuine. That's it. Genuine prayers, genuine emotion, genuine conversation. Just talk to them, right? I think God would rather hear our frustrations. Our, I mean, you, I honestly think God would rather hear our colorful language than some fake flowery junk. Because he already knows what's going on here anyways. So I think, like, just be real. He already knows what you're thinking, right? I, I think, God, it's like, just be genuine with me you don't have to fake it you don't have to look good when you do it let's go back to ephesians 3 verse 20 this is our final verse er, section here let's break this down now all glory to god who is able through his mighty power at work here we go it's, it's repetition here church his work at power within who us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think would you turn to someone on your left and say, like, to accomplish more? Would you say that? More. My goodness. More than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. His mighty power is at work. It's ready. It's available. His power is greater than we can think of, that we can imagine, right? But we have to tap into that power. Has anybody ever done this um, where you, you're just screwing in a light bulb at home and you, you think the light has gone out, but you actually just tapped it and the light actually turned back on? Has anybody ever done that? Right? How many of you know when things like that happen, like it's just a simple example living in the U.S. where electricity is so available, like the electricity never left the house, that bulb just wasn't quite connected. And how many of you know that's oftentimes our relationship with God, it's like that power has always been available, but somehow we let the connection get loose. We tended, we, we let the connection just get separated just a little bit, and it could be that as individuals, church, could it be as, as family members, it could it be as, as churches ourselves, could it be as a nation, we've lost that power to the connection. We've lost that, that, that power to, to God which connects us. We're going to close with this video, and I'm going to wrap this up. But I don't know, and I think it, it's, it's interesting to me because we live in a culture where 
the most eyeballs in this nation are on our television set September through the first or second week of February because we love football. We do. And on Monday night, um, I, I, I was in shock as I was watching. I received a text from Mike Saunders, and he said, are you watching this? And I actually wasn't, and I turned on the TV, and I was like, oh, my goodness. There was a, a young man. His name's DeMar Hamlin, and he suffered cardiac arrest on the field. And I, I, I make it a point, like, I love football. I love watching football. I love being entertained by football. But the reality is football is simply that. Would you agree? It's entertainment. I mean, mad respect for guys that do it, and that's an unbelievable opportunity, but it's, it's entertainment. It's not life. It pales in comparison to eternity, right? Football, any sport, any, any entertainment pales in comparison to the glory we're going to experience in heaven. But I believe for a brief moment, God used a difficult and very frightening, very scary situation, and God used a young 24-year-old athlete to remind our nation for a moment just how powerful prayer is. Can we watch this video really quick and then we're going to close? Um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him and I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. We will continue to cover this story. We'll continue to bring you all the updates that we have. And as usual, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. I'll just... So as we close service today, um, I thought it was interesting because if you follow this story, my heart was just heavy all week and... You don't have to be a Bills fan or a Bengals fan. But if we love people, I was just literally so scared and fearful for this young man, his family. But we watched grown, grown, grown men. I would say this, like football players, we don't go as far as like the gladiator games in Rome, but they are the gladiators of today. They're the baddest of the bad. It is they, and, and we saw these, these men weeping on the field for their teammate. We saw hundreds of athletes, media people, just drop to their knees. And what was amazing is they just were praying for God to intervene. Um, if you follow this story, we saw Bengals players. They were visiting the opposing players' locker room. They were praying for guys comforting of the other team in their locker room. 
there were Bengals and Bill fans that showed up to the, the, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center and they showed up with candles and they prayed. Um, there was $8 million, and I, that was when I looked at it yesterday, $8 million and counting have been raised for this young man, DeMar Hamlin's charity and his health. And yes, I thought it was even more amazing that the anchors of ESPN bowed their heads and they led a nation in prayer. And not just a little prayer. He, if you notice, he said, we pray for his complete and total healing. They didn't pray like that he would just, you know, whatever. They didn't pray for comfort. They said, we pray for total healing. And I, I just believe God used an athlete this week to remind a nation that prayer matters. That prayer is powerful. That prayer is powerful. And I think, I just wanted to remind us today, I thought, how cool was it of Dan Orlovsky to take a step when culture says no, when there's probably a something in his contract that says no, and he says, you know what, God, now's the time. Now's the time to pray a bold prayer. And I think about this. God, I think, is asking us in 2023. He's asking me, and maybe he's putting on your heart, stop saying basic prayers. Stop saying safe prayers. Stop, stop saying, God, just, just help me get through the day type prayers. But maybe it's time to start praying, God, may generations and a culture and a people be different because you are that powerful. God, you can get our attention on a random Monday night and you can drop us to our knees like that. I think of our kids so many times we pray, God, I pray that you keep my kids safe, keep my kids off drugs, keep my kids whatever. How about we pray, God, would you make my kid uh, someone that changes their school? God, make my, make my daughter a kid that the entire school looks to to lead. Make, 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 them, make them someone that brings glory to Jesus right in the middle of a public school, not just a, a safe prayer. And I can't help but think, if you haven't been following this story, what's amazing is, is this young man woke up on, on Friday morning, I believe, and he said, did we beat the Bengals? All right? But I can't help but think, I can't help but think he's going to hear story after story of how, yes, he's walked through a trial. I'm not sure he'll ever be able to play again. I don't know. But there is no doubt God put his hand on that young man, and I believe because a nation prayed, maybe people that don't even know what God is about, but they just started praying. I believe God intervened, and heaven came down to earth to intervene, and God showed up, and God showed off. Somebody say amen, right? Oh, man. Read this last verse. Now, glory to God who is able through what? His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Someone say amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. Prayer teams, would you be just available today? If anybody does want to pray, we'll even hold your hands if you want to pray. I'm teasing, but for real, we will. But uh, we just want to close today. And God, we thank you for what we've seen this week. God, I thank you for the healing you've brought into the life of that young football player, Mr. Hamlin. 
God, we pray that you would continue to radically use him. God, we pray as we start this year fresh, we pray for dynamic prayers, dynamic faith, powerful faith, powerful prayers. I want to ask you this, church, would you partner with me? Would you lift your hands if you will continue to pray Ephesians 3 for the next week, for the next 21 days? Would you pray for power? Would you pray specific, big prayers? Would you pray bold prayers? How many of you here today, there's something big that you want to believe God for, that you want to pray for, but you haven't been doing it. But I just want to ask you, would you just lift your hand? If there's something big you want to pray to God for, would you just lift your hand in this place? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's looking at your notes and grading them. But would you just lift your hands right now? God, we pray that we would see a difference in our lives and the difference when we experience your power in our lives because of your love and your supernatural love for us, because of your power at work within us because your power accomplishes more than we can ever fully understand, dream, and we can even think of. And it's not because we are worthy or worth it, but God, we have the power of Christ in us. So as we close today, that's kind of my first prayer. (laughs) Maybe if your hand went up, Maybe today's service is just a time for you to get alone with whoever you're sitting with. Maybe it's time to come pray with our our team over here to my right, your left. We want to pray with you. But I also want to make an invitation today. I had a, a, let's keep our heads bowed and I'm just going to talk a little bit, but I had something happen Friday night. It happens often in the wintertime in Vegas is um, my car wouldn't start. Very simple clicking noise, one I recognized. It was a very simple problem in the winter. It was straight up, the battery was four and a half years old and it was dead and disconnected. It made it a while, but it, it ran out. But I feel like spiritually that issue was it was solved so quick. I went auto zone and got a new battery, put the new one in, connected it, and that car is up and running, functioning the way it should be functioning. But I want to ask you today, maybe you're here this morning and you need a power replacement. You need a new battery. You need a spiritual battery put in. You need to plug in because you've walked away from Christ. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I have been walking through depression. I've been walking through all these different things. I've been running from church. I've been running from the things God loves. I've been running from what he is about. Maybe you're here today and that's like you've walked away from God. Or maybe you're here today and you've never had that power put in your life. Like we're talking about prayer and accessing God's power and his strength, but maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow God. You don't even know why you're here today. Maybe you're watching online. We're back streaming again. But I want to say this. You're one prayer away from changing your destiny. You're one prayer away from changing your eternity. You're one prayer away from changing your life forever. You may not even know why you came to church today, but spiritually God draws people to himself, and that's what he's doing in this moment. He's drawing himself to you. He's drawing you to himself. Maybe you're not a church person, not a religious type. You don't even know, right? You just veered off for a season, but God wants you to come to him just as you are 
just as you are, not qualified, not good enough. But you know what? The reality is Jesus says you are qualified and you are good enough because I'm going to go to the cross for you. I'm going to forgive you. He forgives our sins. He died on the cross. The Bible says he rose again. He did all this, took it, on the, and on the third day rose again. Why? And the Bible says so that anyone that calls on his name will be, shall be, can be saved. They will be forgiven. They will be made new. And that sounds like a pretty amazing deal to me. If you feel like God is speaking to you today, it's not my voice, it's this urge, this nudge. I want to ask you to acknowledge him Jesus said, if if men acknowledge me in front of men on earth, I will acknowledge you in front of my Father in heaven. If you want to acknowledge Jesus today, I just invite you to lift your hand. Doing it doesn't like make you magically saved. It's just in your heart. It's it's a physical way we can say, you know what? We're going to acknowledge this relationship. I'm going to acknowledge this need. I'm going to acknowledge this need to turn from what I used to do and turn to Jesus today. So that's you. I'm just going to count to three. Would you just lift your hand and acknowledge Jesus in this house for the first time, or maybe you need to come back to him? One, two, and three. Would you lift your hand in this house? I see you over there, over there. I see some hands. I see you over there. I see you back there, young man. I see you, young woman, over there. I see you over there. I see one in the back over there. God, we acknowledge you. If you lifted your hand for the first time, or maybe you're coming back and saying, God, I need your touch. Refresh me. Refill me today. Can we pray, church? Jesus, I open my life to you. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin and guide me. I believe you went to the cross for my sin and shame. I believe you're making a way for me right now. God, help me trust you. Help me focus my life on your word. Come and be in charge of my life. God, we thank you that we can start anew, that we can start fresh in this new season. Not only at Cornerstone, but in this new year. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Can all God's people say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, You can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.